Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. We have a special show today here on Wednesday. We usually don't do shows on Wednesday, but, boy, we got a cool guest. And I am really hoping that the more baseball we talk, the more snow will go a-melting. So uh, we're here in Maine, and it is about to snow another foot of snow, if you can believe that. And, uh, wow, so we have got the head baseball coach of the University of Iowa with us today. We have Coach Rick Heller on the phone with us. Hello, Coach Rick Heller. How are you this morning? Well, hi, Elizabeth. I'm doing great, and thanks for, thanks for having me. Oh, it's it's really exciting for you for me to have you on the show and and talk some baseball and talk about all the things that you've done there with the Hawkeyes. Now, I just want to give people a little bit of um, background. I am from Iowa. I don't know if anybody knows that or not, but I was raised in Iowa. I was Miss Iowa teen in 1988, and I love Iowa. I went to the University of Iowa and graduated from St. Ambrose, so that's sort of the tie-in, and um, I came across Coach Heller in LinkedIn, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he would be the best guest. And I follow <laughs> I follow your wife in Twitter, uh, Rochelle, so yeah, all excited. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here we are. Um, you are so you've really turned that baseball program into like a a contender. I mean, it's you've been there for how long now? And and boy, just well, chugging this, along, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been going great. It's been a it's been a fun fun four and a half years. And you know, this will be the fifth season. You know, here at Iowa, and you know, I've been doing this uh, a long, long time, and at a lot of places. But um, you know, being from a small town in southeast Iowa uh, to be the coach of the Hawkeyes and, and you being from Iowa, you know, understand this and maybe a lot of the listeners that aren't from Iowa won't. But, uh, you know, we have no we have no professional sports teams um, in Iowa. And in baseball, uh, the University of Northern Iowa and Iowa State uh, – do not have baseball. We're the only Division One program in our state. So, to be the head coach of the Hawkeyes and and kind of be um, you know the baseball outlet for for so many people in our state and you know to have the success that we've had um, you know in a short time uh, has been a lot of fun and, and really rewarding. And you know obviously um, just getting started really in my mind and you know big goals ahead and big plans ahead with hopefully taking the program even further, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it it seems like it's been a lot of fun, and, and I've been watching, and so this is a huge moment to have you here and just really excited. Now, you grew up in Eldon, Iowa, and uh, we were talking on the phone before you um, before we started the show live, and you said, do you know what's famous about Eldon, Iowa? And I said, you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a big claim to fame, which is you, but you, what, what's the other claim to fame? Because that was – that was good trivia. Well, um, Eldon is the home of the American Gothic, uh, the picture that Grant Wood painted that uh, everybody probably has seen uh, a million times. Um, 
And, you know, when I was growing up at one time, I didn't live very far from the Gothic house. So tourists would be coming through uh, in the summer. And I can't tell you how many times they would stop me, uh, you know, playing somewhere and ask me where the where the Gothic house was. And, <laughs> and uh, at that time, it was still being rented out uh, to anybody that wanted to rent it out and live in it. And and now this, uh, I, I believe it's the state has stepped in, and it's a historical landmark, and they have a, a really, really nice. They've made it a really nice area, and a, a lot of a lot of cool stuff uh, around the Gothic House. So, yeah, that's that's the big claim to fame in Eldon. It's awesome, and you. Um, did you know? <laughs> did you know growing up that this is what you were going to do? Have you always had this just love of baseball? Well. I, I'm I'm one of those guys. I love to play. I love to play baseball. I love to play sports. Um, it was what motivated me and got me going from the time I was a real little kid. I was the kid in town, along with my brother and a few others, that, that every morning as soon as we ate breakfast, we were out the door and, and rounding up people from all over town so that we could play pickup games in, in baseball. And then in the fall, it was football. And the winter, it was basketball. And so at about 12, if you would have asked me, you know, what I'd be doing, it would have revolved around sports and, and probably baseball. Um, you know, as, as a, as a guy who loved to play, um, you know, I'd much rather have played professional baseball, but that didn't, that didn't really work out, gave it a good run. And, um, and, and really, I think this was my calling. And, and I think it was a, it was a blessing that uh, I didn't get that opportunity because the, the, you know the chips wouldn't have fallen the way they did, and and I just think that um, you know to be able to do something that 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 you love, as everyone knows, if you can you know go to work every day and it's something that you absolutely love, it's it's a real blessing, and I've been able to do that you know my entire life, and uh, yeah, I would have told you that baseball uh, probably was what I would be doing. I didn't know t- what it would be in baseball, but um, I knew it would be something in baseball. Can you, can you touch on that a little bit more? Because I love that, what you just said, something in baseball. Because so many people um, have, this, have this blessing and gift to be able to play at higher levels. And then they get, sometimes get dis, uh, disappointed or whatever the pro- appropriate word for it is, is that they don't go to the next level of the MLB. But there's lots of things that you can do in baseball, right? Oh, yeah, there, there are lots of things. And, you know, like for me, you know, I was a high school teacher uh, for one year, and I, I actually got started as a high school coach. In, in Iowa, it's kind of unique, and I think um, Iowa and then a small part of Wisconsin are the only two states that play summer high school baseball. So when I was in college, um, they didn't have the, 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 the summer leagues that are out there now. Basically, it was the Cape Cod, the Alaskan League, the Jayhawk League, you know, a few high elite-level summer leagues. And then the rest of us uh, would go out and play summer ball or town ball, a lot like you would hear them talk about it in the movie Field of Dreams. Every little town had a team. And it was really good baseball. You'd have former pro players. You'd have older guys that were just good players that kept playing. And then you'd have a, the majority of all the college players in all levels, junior college, Division three, two, and then up to Division one, that, that played together for every town team. And so – I was playing in the summer on a local town team, and then I got my coaching authorization my junior year, and I was the assistant uh, baseball coach in, I believe it was 1985, at North Fayette High School um, for a guy named Pat Bowman hired me. And so I was coaching as an assistant high school coach my last two years of college, and then I was a full-time teacher. And 
high school coach, head basketball, head baseball at Bakersfield, Missouri, in in, in southern Missouri, between Mountain Home and West Plains, <laughs> Mountain Home, Arkansas, and West Plains, uh, <laughs> yeah. Missouri. So so anyway, that's that's where I started. So had the break I received, and we can talk more about that, how that happened uh, later. Um, I would have I would have probably still been you know teaching and coaching in high school, but in baseball you can do a lot of things. I mean, especially now with how the game has changed with all the analytics, there are so many kids, smart kids, um, that maybe you know weren't even able to play in college but love the game that are doing so much uh, in the game on the analytics side, and 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 that's where professional baseball has gone, and now it's even at the college level, and, and we're one of the programs I think who who use it probably more than most and we've got an elaborate system of managers uh, who love the game really smart kids who want to get into you know professional baseball as an analytics person and and then you can be a scout you can be um, you know a player development guy in professional baseball I mean there's just a lot of avenues you go and then you see a lot of kids uh, today that that same story weren't weren't the greatest players but love the game smart kids who 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 try to get into the front office and the management side as well so there's lots of things that you can do and that's that's yes i I like hearing that and i hope somebody listening picks up on that because um so many people get sort of lost that if they don't continue on after college i've i've noticed more and more people um uh, sometimes feel lost and so forth, and um, I like that regrouping. And I think <laughs> what I'm, yeah, what I'm noticing well, is, um, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, um, uh, to me, to me, watching how things have changed. You know, baseball, you're not going to get rich, <laughs> it, you know, unless you can really move into a, to a higher level job. So I just see a lot less kids today willing to maybe take that job that doesn't pay real well. And and trusting themselves that you know they can work hard and move up and 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 make those sacrifices early to be able to get the rewards later. It seems like in today's society, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I'm not going to take that job. I want this job because it, it it pays way more. But it's doing something that they really don't like to do. And 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 when I first started, um, you know, I took a ten thousand dollar pay cut from the high school to to get the opportunity to coach at Upper Iowa and be the residence hall director, knowing that. I wanted to be a full-time baseball coach and, and at the college level, uh, so I rolled the dice and took that chance. And a lot of the people who were mentors in my life told me, you know, you're absolutely crazy. This is a stupid decision. Stay at the high school. <laughs> you know, all that stuff, dumbest decision you've ever made. You'll never get another job. And and it seemed like a lot more guys back in that era were willing to, to, to take the leap of faith and, and, and the low pay and really grind it out to to get to where they wanted to go and i just see this 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 era not wanting to do that as much and and all those jobs you know and all those jobs that we talked about in baseball all of them are fairly low-paying entry-level jobs where you have to to go in and really grind it out and you know show your worth and then get rewarded um after some some time in the business but that's what i was going to say is the thing i have noticed and I really think that's important. See, I'm I'm kind of old. I'm almost fifty and all that good stuff. And I, I just admitted that. And I am not twenty five. I am forty eight. Anyway, um, what I um, what what I wanted to ask you was on that note. You know, it's it, not so much about the pay, but about the work and the learning. Because I would think if you're this is my my thing. I used to be like, I don't care what you pay me. I just want to learn. Give, yes. give me the 
experience. Yes, and that's that that goes hand in hand with 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 what I was talking about the pay because they never have that time to get that experience and then a lot of a lot of times um in baseball, I mean the hours are crazy long and you know it's funny cuz even today I'll still get a you know somebody will come up to me and go so what do you do during you know the off season you know and <laughs> and, and and they don't realize that you know when january when january 15th hit and and I'm not saying this you know to get sympathy or to brag or anything about like that but but in reality you know we won't have a day off until we're done playing and that could be as late as middle of june or later and 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 that's I mean that's not just saying. I mean we literally will not have a day off for for several several months and probably eight months out of the year, and then we go right into the recruiting period. And uh, a lot of guys get involved and they think they want to do it, and they love the game, but the time commitment and the sacrifice that you have to make um, to, to to move up in baseball that's that's one of the things that. And you and it goes with the experience because I mean they have to get that experience if they're ever going to have a chance to to really move up in the game at any level. But it is a it is a very time consuming and it is a full time commitment and there is a lot of sacrifice um, that you have to make. And if you have a family, it can be very very stressful and very difficult. And you have to have to really be a good team uh, to work through it. That is for sure. Yeah, can you talk about being a, a, an athlete at that level, a, a student athlete at that level, and, and what that what that entails um, at the University of Iowa? Cause, um, yeah, that's got to yeah, be a well, little work. It, well, it's it is it, it's 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 a big challenge, and you know it's something that is way above what the normal uh, the normal student at the University of Iowa has to do. Uh, you know, it's a privilege as well, and and. But it's it's basically, um, you know, the first day of school um, till the last day of school, you know, they're involved in some way with baseball. And I would tell you this, it's a lot better than it used to be because the NCAA has really set some rules, um, time management rules that will – that cut back the amount of time that you can actually spend with the student athletes, especially in the off season. For example, um, when we're in season, now we can only, we can only practice or have them uh, for, for 20 hours a week. So that's, that's way different than it was, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, so, so that really has made the, 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 the student life experience better for, for our you know our players, and then in the off season, you can only um, have them for eight hours. Most of that time is spent training in the weight room, with with conditioning, speed conditioning, strength training, and then you can only have them for two hours for skill instruction up and in, you know while you're in your off season. And and that's for all sports. So they have done a good job of managing their time. But it is it is tough, especially a baseball player, because if you're a baseball player and you're in the north, then the first four to five weeks of the season, which starts you know the 16th of February, we'll be heading to Florida, next week to New Orleans, next week to Birmingham, Alabama, next week's to Las Vegas and those are all leave Thursday night, you know, play three games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fly back late on Sunday, off day Monday and then do it all again the next week and so it can be it can be challenging, it can be tough. Um but once you um you know, once they get into the routine and we, we have it all set up where they study on the road, you know, if we're busing we we have study time set aside on in the bus. But it it is a a big challenge for them and, and it really it really um, 
if they have bad time management skills, you know, that's something that we have to nip in the bud right away in the fall, and we try to get everybody organized with a planner. And now at the University of Iowa, we have a lot of resources, so we have uh, some really good people uh, on our team in academic services that help with tutors and help with study halls, and they help with make sure that we can schedule our classes so that they avoid the, the peak times and the peak travel days. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty um, set up for them, but on the other side, they're, they're, they're having to do a lot. Now, am I allowed to single a few players out? Um, and have you talk about them or yeah, because current I am, player, I'm, current, okay. current players, <laughs> I am, I'm fascinated by those who get those amazing GPAs, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're academic, this and academic, that, and they're great at baseball and they're great at community service. And they're just fascinating individuals. Do you have mm-hmm. one or two or three or four or five or 20 or <laughs> of those? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure we do. And, and I mean, at the University of Iowa and in, in any of the Big Ten schools, really, I mean, they're they're all outstanding academically. And and um, you know, the kid when we do when we go out and recruit, I mean, you're looking for guys who who are outstanding uh, students as well as as baseball players because uh, if they're not, you know, they're going to struggle at the University of Iowa. And not to say that that you know they can't fight through it. And and you know, several guys, a lot of guys do. Um, you know, come in as, as, you know, average to slightly above average students out of high school. And then you, you see them make the full circle and end up being really good students and, and graduate. And that's that's one of the things that we're most proud of here at Iowa is that uh, we graduate our kids at a high level and we graduate them in four years. It's one of our, you know, our saying, our, our athletic director, Gary Barda, has a saying, you know, win, graduate, and do it right. And he talks about that in every staff meeting I've been in the last five years. And so to be able to work for a guy that gets it and understands that, you know, winning is important, but the most important thing is that we're getting these guys ready to go out and, and, and be positive members of society, be good men, and, and make sure that they have a degree. And so that's one of the great things about working here at the University of Iowa. But, I mean, we, we've got – I mean, our best player – uh, this year is is probably Robert Newstrom. You know, and Robert Robert is a junior, and he's probably going to be drafted, you know, fairly high. Uh, in fact, I know, you know, if he barring anything, you know, injury, something like that, Robert will be a a very high draft pick this year. And he's he's an amazing student, super smart kid. He he not only is. Um, He's not only a member of our baseball team, but he's our our SAC representative, and he does all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, so Robert Robert's one of those special kids, and he he's a guy that you'll see his name a lot if you follow us. Um, you know, he's a he's a preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. So that that um, <laughs> yep that that tells you and he he had a great summer. He, he was an All Star in the Cape League, and then he was our best hitter in Taiwan when we represented the United States in the World Games. Uh, this past August, and and then you know I'm looking at names, and I'm looking at um, you know Connor McCaffrey, uh, who is the son of our basketball coach Fran McCaffrey, and you know Connor comes in as a freshman, and boom, he's on the dean's list. Um, he's trying to play two <laughs> sports, he's trying to play basketball and baseball, and, <laughs> of course he and, is. and but but he but he but he manages to get you know uh, you know three point six or seven GPA, and you know our, wow. our catcher Tyler our catcher Tyler Cropley is going to be a top ten draft pick, and he he's also a, a very good student and a great leader and captain and role model and does an awesome job in the community and um you know i can just keep going with tons of players yeah. on our team if you want you know i mean uh well you know, we have, no you don't have to i mean that's that's yeah. wonderful right there a few shout yeah. outs and the, they're amazing kids and i i i 
have been following them as well. So it's, that's awesome. But, you know, yeah. I, I bet in 30 years of doing this, you must have so many wedding invitations and baby <laughs> announcements. And <laughs> you know, that must be the, crazy to keep them all straight. Yeah, that's the best part of it. <laughs> that that is by far the the best part of it. And the funny thing is, that I tell them all, if if you want me to really be there, then you know when you have to schedule the wedding. <laughs> 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 Not you February. Got, you, you have a you have a small window uh, between you know middle late October and Christmas is about the only chance. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> and that's what my uh, my middle daughter Alyssa was was married November tenth uh, this past year, so she knew the deal. <laughs> but but you know what to, to kind of hit on that you know being at being at four schools um you know well we won the big 10 championship tournament championship last year um i was getting just as many notes from upper iowa players and northern iowa players and indiana state players as i was from iowa alums and boosters and and players from iowa and and, and you know to me um, that was very rewarding and makes you feel really good because you know even though I'm at a different place they still they still feel a part of it and they still feel a part of the family and what we represent and the culture that we have and so um, yeah that that that's pretty special when that happens. Yeah, amazing. Um, let's go back to a little bit um, go back in in time a little bit to Northern Iowa if you don't mind because no um, oh, wait a minute is that is that Upper Iowa. Upper, well, Iowa upper, Iowa, upper, Iowa, Iowa, yeah. upper Iowa was before Northern Iowa. Yeah, I was there. I was there as a. I was there for twelve years. At Upper, at, at, upper Iowa. At, yep. at, at Upper Iowa, yes. So you know what it's like to coach at all the different levels. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. It, uh, you want me to expand on that? Well, or like, gotta... yeah, no, I'd love to hear more about how, you know, because you yourself have worked your way up. You know, like what we were talking about earlier, you just didn't take it for granted. Like I'm the best baseball coach that ever lived, and here we go. You know, you you must have had a lot of learning to do. Oh, for sure. Natural you gifts know. and everything, but yeah. Well, well no, I mean, when yeah, when when um, you know, my path is different than than the majority in our business. Um, it doesn't happen that way very often. Um, Unfortunately, when you start at a Division three school um, and you're there for some time, it's very difficult to change levels in in college baseball, for whatever reason. Um, you know, they pigeonhole you into you're a D three guy, or you're a D one guy, or you're a D two guy. So, one of my big goals was to find a way after Upper Iowa to get to the Division one level. And so, but backtracking, you know, I I just basically got lucky because I was a high school coach. I was supposed to work a basketball camp at upper Iowa. And I called to see when they wanted me to come in the summer. It was in the spring and I got the wrong number and I got a hold. I accidentally got a hold of the athletic director, Mike, Mike McCready. And and of course, yeah. And, and Mike, Mike and I were, you know, we got along great and knew each other. And, and he just said, Oh, Rick, good to talk to you. How's things going? And he said, Hey, by the way, you know, we're thinking about uh, making a, uh, a switch baseball wise and um you know it's it's uh, not it doesn't pay well and it um you have to be the residence hall director is 70 percent of your job but um you know <laughs> why, don't, why don't you apply for it and so i was like yeah great I, and i did and and I, and I ended up getting the job and it wasn't because i was 
you know, a great baseball coach or extra special. They, they, they knew me, they knew a little bit about me and I don't think anybody else applied for the job to be honest with you. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I rolled, I rolled the dice and, and took a pretty big pay cut from the high school to get into the college ranks. Um, and it was the best decision that, that I ever made. And, you know, I mean, it, it's a long story, but upper Iowa, uh, is a wonderful place, just a wonderful, wonderful place. But it was going through some tough times in, in the eighties that the president, um, had a vision of turning it into a business school and getting rid of sports and that, and it basically put the school under and, and, and for a time in the mid eighties, it looked like that was what was going to happen. So they had been struggling in a lot of, in a lot of their sports and in a lot of areas. And then a guy named Jim Roshlow came in, uh, who became the president, had a great vision. He started off campus programs. He basically saved the school that is now really thriving. And so I had a chance to work for, I had a chance to work for him and he was, he was a great guy to work for. And I learned so much from him. And then Mike McCready was the athletic director. And for those that follow wrestling, uh, Mike was, you know, a, a heavyweight champion, national champion, Pan America Games champion, you know, in the history of wrestling, one of the best heavyweights to ever wrestle and just an amazing mentor to me. So I worked for those two guys, uh, you know, for a long time and they really, really helped uh, me grow as a coach. But, um, you know, it was tough because I didn't know anything. I mean, I was weighing over my skis and plus I was coaching kids that were my age and in some cases older than me. I mean, I was 24, 24 years old. Um, and, and so the way I did it, what I did was, I mean, I went out and, and picked everybody's brain that I could. Um, you know, a guy named Rick Matthews is, is still active in the Colorado Rockies. He was in the major leagues for quite a while as a coach. Um, he's from our state Centerville, Iowa, and, and, and Rick and I had a connection through an uncle and I used him as much as I could. And Rick has been so helpful to me. I think he's one of the smartest baseball guys in the country. And I, I was really blessed to, to have him in my corner and and so I used Rick for a, for a lot of stuff and and then I went to clinics and camps and and I I also kind of did things a little bit different I kept playing I, you know there were town teams that you could play on so in division 3 um, the way it works, you're, you're kind of getting last pick. You know what I'm saying? You're not getting all the scholarship kids are getting scholarships in Division Three is non-scholarship. So you really weren't out beating the bushes as far as traveling around watching as many kids. It was more like a like a vacuum salesman. I mean, you were calling, 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 calling. Your stack of calls even in August was you know, three inches high. So you could get by calling kids and, and, and recruiting that way, going out and seeing a few, but it, it, what it did, it enabled me to still be able to play for a while. So I would take any skill, baseball skill that I was thinking about as I was establishing my philosophies in all areas of baseball, I'd go out and try it myself that summer before I'd ever teach it to the guys. And I was kind of a one man show the, the first year or so. And, um, I was coaching all the positions, and and so it really helped me grow as a coach for down the road. And then the other thing you find out at a small school that doesn't have any resources, I mean, you find out how to be resourceful and um, how to maximize the resources you have, the space that you have in the small gyms to practice. I mean, I can tell you stories about we would have – we, the coaches would be there six or seven hours, and you're talking about starting at 9 o'clock at night or 5 in the morning, and then you would have the pitchers and the catchers for their practice. You'd have to bring the infielders in for their practice, and you'd have to bring the outfielders in for their practice and then try to maximize space in the gymnasium and a small cage. And all that <laughs> stuff, all that stuff uh, you know, helped me really, really grow um, as, a, as, a, as a baseball coach and as a leader. Um, you know the other the other thing that that it did was 
you know, Fayette, Iowa is a very small town, doesn't have a stoplight, doesn't have a fast food, and you had to recruit to that. And, and to be able to find ways to, to, to recruit kids and try to sell yourself and what you believe in and what you were going to do for them baseball-wise and find that niche, I mean, it, it just it just really, really helped me uh, grow as a person and as a coach. And, 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 it, and honestly, I, I had a, a vision early on, on what was really important that I've never, ever – let get away i mean our culture uh is based around basically being a good person and all the stuff uh, that i'm going to talk about now is not lip service it's really really what happens in our program i mean the most important thing is that you're unselfish that you're humble that you care about your teammates um you know that you're going to do a good job in the classroom you're going to do a good job in the community and it doesn't matter how good a baseball player you are we're not going to look the other way we're going to make sure that you're held accountable all those thoughts is that's what I did day one. I tried to. I mean, I'm obviously way, way better 30-plus years later than I was back then. But, but, but that base has been what my philosophy has been from day one. And being at a, at a really small school um, and having to basically go out and fundraise and find ways to get things done and, and, and invent stuff and work on the field yourself and do all that stuff uh, really helps me appreciate what we have now and hopefully give our players – and appreciation uh, for all that stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that word, culture. That, that's that's such a great word. It, don't you think? Culture. <laughs> yeah, culture is, you know, it is, it's a word that you hear thrown around a lot. You know, uh, and, and really that's that's what I've tried to do at all four stops is establish the culture, you know, the, the very short version of what I gave you, you know, yeah. a few seconds ago but but culture you know what it really is is what really happens in your program you know if that you know that is what's really going on in your program you know and 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 it can come and it can go and and as soon as you and as, you, as soon as you start taking it for granted it can leave in a hurry and if you don't do your due diligence each and every year with each and every team um, you know that can slip away and go back to a to a bad situation uh you know within your team in a split second. So it's something that we take very, very seriously. You know, our culture is really good here. And it was thanks yeah. to that first year's team, the first year's team, when nobody gave them any hope of being any good, that all those things, uh, they bought in. And if they wouldn't have bought in, then it, it would have taken a lot longer for us to have the success we've had here at Iowa. So I, I give those guys that first year uh, the credit for all that's happened you know, after them, and they were as they were as big as part of that championship last year as the guys who actually played. Because if they wouldn't have bought in, it would have been a different story. Um, so, with that being said, you know, I just think you have to set really, really clear standards and hold everyone accountable and build leadership from within. All those things ultimately is what your culture is. And if if you don't have if you don't have leadership from within, um, you know, you have no chance of having a good culture because let's think about it. You know, I'm with them three to four hours a day and they have 20 to 21 hours on their own. And that's where your leadership and being accountable and commitment to the program take over. And, you know, there's a coach at Iowa Western College who who has won you know, multiple national championships at the junior college level. And that's what uh, coach, his name's Mark Reardon. And Mark talks about that all the time is it's the most important 20, 21 hours a day or the 20, 21 hours when they're not with you. And your culture really shows um, when they're not with you. 
Well, that's that's wise right there. I I love that. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> I'm going to put that with the show. Just single that out. Um, you know, the it's it's really cool to have you know this amazing culture and then to be able to you know also win like you guys do. I mean, what an incredible um, four. You know, it's going to continue on too. But you know, the last four years have been amazing. You know, um, you could probably talk better than I can about this. But I mean, there's you've of winning 140 games, you're in NCAA regionals. Talk about that a little bit because that's that's really cool. <laughs> Just, well, you know, you yeah. Well, well, I, I believe I, I believe you know uh, we're we're going to get into a different topic, but the way we run yeah. our program, way we run our program, and the way we've always run our program is that we we are a real process driven program every single day you know our number one goal is to win every day we want to be the best we can possibly be at everything we do and if you do that it just keeps adding up and adding up and adding up now do we talk about big picture goals sure we do uh, but but you will very very rarely ever hear me as the head coach at the University of Iowa talk about winning a game or winning this or yeah. winning that I mean we really don't and and we we totally focus on on being the absolute best at everything we can do. We're really I think we do a great job of player development, um, and that's one thing I learned at Upper Iowa when we weren't getting as good of players as the competition. If we could not develop those players into better baseball players, into better people, and tougher tougher guys than the opponents, and to get them to buy into we just play the game and we don't worry about the name on the jersey and we don't worry about who we're playing, we were going to get killed and and you know those first those first five six years a lot of times we were we were teeing it up against teams 75 percent of the time that had more physical talent than us and and guess what teams with better talent don't always win if they don't play hard or they don't play the right way or they don't so so we we had to bank on being our best every day and hope that they didn't show up now if more talent a more talented team does show up and play hard and you're probably going to lose that day. Well, then as we start, as we started to win and, and the reputation got out, the kids got better in our program. Then we started to get the better players. And, and then, you know, at Northern Iowa um, was first division one job. Um, you know, we got a little bit better player, but at Northern Iowa, we were up against the wall uh, as well. We only had seven in-state scholarships. We had to raise all of our money. We we're playing in a really, really tough league with like, Wichita State, Creighton, Missouri State, all those schools, Indiana State, um, you know, all those guys were really, really good back then. And, and again, we were put in a situation even worse than it was at Upper Iowa where, you know, we were we were not able to get, uh, you know, the first pick at recess, so to speak, a lot of the times. And we would have to take the three-sport kid that nobody knew about or the athlete, and we had to develop him as a baseball player. So that's one of the things that we've really tried to be the best at is player development. And I always felt I always felt that system of player development, if we got to a school where we had equal resources, would really take over and we would it would really thrive in those situations. If we could take a better athlete to begin with, and um, and do the development system that we have that that kid was really really going to thrive and it's really it's really proven to be true. Indiana State was the first job I had where we had full scholarships and boom man we really had four four great years at Indiana State and we've got several kids from those four years that are playing in the major leagues right now. We won our first the first Missouri, first Missouri Valley Championship in school history and then we just kept the same system at Iowa. We felt like the system 
would work anywhere. It's just what we do. At least it is for us and in our personalities and, and how we go about our business. Um, but, but we've really just kept the process going and, and, you know, we, we really, we really don't uh, talk about winning. And I, I'll tell you this cause you, I know you're interested in the goal setting. You know, we obviously set, set goals early in the year. This is where we want to be. And then we revisit them after fall ball. We revisit them before we go back for Christmas. We have a big meeting and, and make sure that everybody's clear on the big picture. But the main thing we talk about is how we get there. And that's the process. And mm-hmm. I, I read a book, I read a, I read a book by Josh Metcalf, which a lot of the listeners probably have read. It's called burn your goals and actually had a chance to, to meet with Josh. He came and met with our volleyball team and I'm friends with our volleyball coach, Bon Shemansky, and he's really into the process and you know had this, got a chance to spend and listen to Josh talk for a couple hours and and really uh, that's the system that we've ran I, I, I since I read Josh's book I think I've become a better process driven leader and and he, I think it was his book that said for every time you say winning like we need to win this game it actually because it's accidentally going to slip out once in a while you have to <laughs> that you have to talk about 400 process-driven messages to get that winning out of the kid's head, <laughs> and, it, and it's just crazy <laughs> yeah. because because as a leader, as a leader, I don't want them to think that all I care about is winning because I don't. Yeah. Uh, you, does that make sense? And so, so oh, yeah. Really, so we really try hard as a staff um, to just focus on being the best we can be every single day, winning every day, and try to avoid any of those comments like, oh, we got to win today. This is a big game. You know, we, we, we don't ever, ever do that. We just play the game, and at the end of the game, if we did a good job, uh, you know, the scoreboard's going to show, and, and we'll, we'll take that, and we'll learn from it and move on whether we win or lose the game. But, you know, we just really, really focus on taking care of all the controllables that we have in front of us. And, and I think we do a really good job of getting our kids to buy into that. And when a kid buys into the process, then the pressures go away because all he's concerned about is finding a way to help the team or help his teammate or pick his teammate up. If you can get your culture to that point, then you've got something special. And that gives you a chance to overachieve. And that gives you a chance to be people that maybe you shouldn't be in those types of things. And that's, that's what we strive for every year. We're far from perfect at it. And, and it goes backwards at times, but I just think that um, the amount of time that we've done it, I think we have a good, a good grip on how to run the system and it just works for us. Yeah, I I love that you talked about player development too because, you know, uh, you know, as a mom and all this stuff, you know, you do you often do you have to remind yourself like these kids are eighteen, <laughs> seventeen, <laughs> you know, kind of they're kids, kind of. You know? No, no, that's right. And 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 you know, for me, if when 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 a kid commits to us or signs with us, you know, the first thing I do is thank his parents for for trusting us with their their son. Because that's special to me, and it means a lot to me, and we take that very seriously. And, um, you know, we obviously talk about a lot of the stuff we've talked about in the recruiting process in hopes of finding the right kid, because not every kid wants to be coached, believe it or not. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. that's a fact. Uh, there yeah. are a lot of kids out there that are very talented that just leave me alone and let me be who I am. And to be honest, those kids don't do very well in our program, and we try yeah. – we try to avoid those guys. I mean, we try to avoid kids that that are selfish. We try to avoid kids who who really just care about themselves. And I've I found in you know over the years of doing this, those kids um, you know don't fit in with our program. They just don't. Now, 
with how recruiting is going in baseball, which is a completely different subject, the early recruiting and all that, it makes it very difficult to get a relationship uh, with a family and a player to really, really know who he is as a person because I'm looking for someone who's humble. I'm looking for someone who wants to get better every day. And when you're talking to 14 or 15 year old kids, a lot of times they don't even know who they are at that point. So it it makes it a a really big challenge for us and how we go about our recruiting. And and we're the guys who still turn down the the supposed all-star, the best player, because we know deep down, he's not concerned about being a part of a team. And at least we feel that way. And we just try to avoid yep. those guys and surround ourselves with, with kids who want to want to, you know, really get after it on the player development side. And they're going to get coached every day and they're going to be held accountable. Even if they're the best player, they're not going to be given a different set of standards. And that's the, that's the way we go about our business here at Iowa and try to find mm-hmm. kids that fit into that mold. You know, and that's, I think that's important for anything anybody does for as long as they live is being coachable. I have raised all four of our kids. Uh, those, it's on the refrigerator of our house uh, you know, here. <laughs> there, there's hashtag gratitude and there's be coachable. And there's another saying, which I'll take a picture of. Um, it's it's uh, be careful of fo- following the masses because sometimes the M is silent. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> those are the three that, things that my kids have been raised, raised with. And, um, but, but, you know, as an adult, I mean, I think that's like, I, I pride myself on being totally coachable. Even do you? Oh, I totally do. I mean, and, and, you know, a big, well, a big reason the way I coach the way I coach is that, you know, a lot of times in a high school setting or even a college, college setting, like, I mean, I played for some really good people, people I love and care for, but maybe they were really a basketball coach that was coaching baseball and they didn't really know how to push or coach. And I wish I wish I could have played for someone that drilled me and pushed me because I would have ran through the wall. If you would have told me that I could get to the to the major leagues by doing this, this, and this, I, I would have done it every single day. And so I don't ever want – I made a vow when I was 23 years old, you know, even when I didn't know anything that I did not ever want a kid to leave my program and not know that we did everything we possibly could to make him the best player that we could possibly make him so that if he had the ability that he could keep playing the game. And that's one of the things that we live by, I live by, and I make sure that our staff lives by. And that's what, that's what we try to do. Now, are we perfect? No, but I'm, the guy I told you about, Rick Matthews, that, that was my mentor and still is, um, you know, he taught me at a very, very young age that you need to be a lifelong learner. You need to be coachable. And that's that, that's what I've tried to do. I still go to the clinics. I sit and listen to every guy that talks at the national convention, the state clinics, wherever I go. I still buy videotapes online of guys who I think are, are doing things really well. Uh, I've got my core crew of guys that I talk to. Uh, you know, Dan, Dan Hefner um, at Dallas Baptist was one of my assistants. I think he's an amazing person, amazing coach. I, I call him, uh, Pat Murphy, the softball coach at Alabama. He, he's from Fayette, Iowa, and I, his mom was our dorm mom, and, and it's just amazing. So, so, so I, I call Patrick. I mean, Patrick is like the master at culture and, and getting a team to play together. And just, a, you know, so I constantly – try to keep up with learning. Now, as, as a head coach, and especially when I took the job at Iowa, I'm not going to lie, the first couple of years, that was the part of my life that, that 
got put to the side with all that I was trying to do to build the program, raise money for the stadium, all the stuff that we were doing that I found myself slipping further away from that. And now these last two years, I've really made a vow to get back to that. And I think it's really paid off um, with the stuff that we're doing here at Iowa with, um, you know, the technology that we have and all the stuff that we're doing um, that, that's kind of on the cutting edge of college athletics. And so I've really pushed back to that for sure, but definitely always looking to learn, always reading books, always trying to find ways. And then I'm really blessed to have a, have an energetic staff that, that is, is even doing it more than I am, which is fantastic. Yeah. And we are going to, I just want to interrupt for one second. We're going to go into record mode for just a few minutes. Um, So if you're listening live, it might cut off, but the last five minutes of the show are available on replay. You just click the link and, and listen. So that way we can finish up properly and we don't have to be super rushed here, but yeah, I I love the lifelong learning stuff and and all the things you can do to improve. That's that's all best ever use stuff. And so I, you know it, it's it's really wonderful to have you on here and and talk about all these things that help people be their best. Whether you're playing baseball or doing something else, I think everything that you've said here today for the past almost hour has been you know applicable to anything. No, I would agree. I, it, it it is applicable to everything, and and it's one of the reasons why. Um, I have tons of companies, really high-level companies, calling and wanting to know uh, who's the best hire at the University of Iowa as a baseball player. So our guys are getting really great jobs if they don't go on to professional baseball because if, if you're a CEO or if you're a manager of a big company, who better to hire than a college baseball player, the <laughs> management skills, the discipline, all the things they have to go through. They haven't been handed everything like a lot of people. Um, you know, they, they, they are playing for low scholarships and taking out student loans to be able to play. And, and just the, the, the type of person that, that plays college baseball is an absolute perfect fit for any company because the guys who, who know what we're talking about, they see that and they go after those guys because it is applicable to all – all things in life. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you completely. Yeah, the work ethic involved is insane and the discipline and the character and all that stuff. Um, can we talk about one more thing before you go? Would that be okay? Sure. Do you have a few more minutes? Let's talk about mm-hmm. Iowa baseball for a minute. <laughs> for a minute or two. <laughs> can we talk about your upcoming season? Because I know um, I, I'm reading here something about you. It says the 2017 season was expected to be a rebuilding year in Iowa City after the program lost 25 players to graduation and or the Major League Baseball draft. Um, but instead, you guys went on to do, you know, amazing things. That had to be some interesting team chemistry. Um, and t- talk about, can you talk about that and then how things are going to go this year? Where, you know, where, where are you going? Sure. And stuff? I know you, yeah. Well, last season, last season was very rewarding for all all involved in the program because of what you said, you know, the losses we suffered, and then some things that you wouldn't know. We had five incoming recruits show up having surgery from their high school season, and oh and so no, that, the, yeah, so so we were like, whoa, we're we're in oh. bad trouble here. And then to make matters worse, uh, one of the players who will be a big part of this year's team, a kid named Nick Allgaier, um, Nick was expected to be one of the pitchers that really stepped up last season and 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 filled the holes of the guys who left. And and Nick was basically just playing catch in the outfield like the second or third day of school, and ended up tearing his elbow and having to have Tommy John surgery. So we ended up losing Nick on top of those five recruits. And then uh, you know the fall was was really it went pretty slow. Um, 
we needed to get we needed to get a lot better and by the end we were improving and then we took a trip to the Dominican Republic um that year we in college sports if you have the money you can take an international trip once every 4 years and that tri- that trip uh was designed one obviously to help us get a few more games in and and practice a little bit more and all that stuff but a big a big reason we wanted to do it was getting, you know, feeling feeling good about the things that we do have and blessed about the things we do have, giving back. We did community service down there in the Dominican, and it was an eye-opener for our guys, and it really brought our team closer together. And then when we got to the second semester and we started playing, uh, uh, we had a player, C.J. Eldred, who was one of our best pitchers. C.J. hurts his arm the very first weekend of the season down at South Florida, and CJ's out for the year. And so we had so many, long story short, we had so many kids have to step up and so many kids who really could have just given up and said, we don't have a chance because we've lost all these guys. And we fought through some struggles uh, the first half of the season, but we did have some really good players. Uh, we had Jake Adams who led the country in home runs and Jake just had an amazing season. He had 29 home runs. And then our shortstop Mason McCoy was a, was a great player. And then we, we had a kid named Nick Allgaier who started out as a walk on and ended up being our Friday night starter drafted by the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. So we, and then Ryan Erickson was always a bullpen guy and Ryan ends up, you know, being, you know, throwing a shutout against Nebraska in the conference tournament and beating <laughs> Houston in the regional. So, the process worked, and, and, and nobody quit. Nobody gave up. The, 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 the culture that the guys ahead of them had set, these guys took and took it even a step further. And in a year when everyone would have been okay with a rebuilding year, these guys took it, and we win our first uh, conference tournament championship <laughs> in school history. And then and, and, and really came very close to having a chance to win the NCAA regional. And, and you know, what a, what a fun year and what a great year. And, you know, to those hats off to those guys for, for buying in and committing. And then this year is very similar. We, we had um, some pretty big losses in the draft. We lost the kid, Jake, who hit the home runs and we lost uh, Nick, Nick Gallagher. We lost CJ Eldred, you know, so we, we're going to go into this season with uh, nobody who's ever started on the weekend as a pitcher. And, um, you know, we have a new shortstop. We have a new third baseman. Uh, we're going to have a new first baseman. So we're, we're going to have a lot of new faces, but um, I, I really believe that this group is is tough. We have good leadership, and I, I know we're going to go out and compete. And then one thing I need to backtrack, we had the opportunity to represent the United States in the World University Games this summer, uh, late August. We were in Taipei for 16 days. We were the first team. Uh, from the first team from the United States to ever medal in the World Games, and and it was with a lot of new faces and a lot of new guys. And that experience, that experience together over in Taipei, and then having success, uh, has really really helped with our culture and helped with our toughness inside and the belief that we can get the job done. So I, I know these guys are going to compete hard, but in baseball, um, that's why we follow the process. You just never know. I mean, the ball doesn't always bounce your way, and there's a lot of things that can happen that you can't control, but I know our guys are going to control what they can and we'll play hard and it should be a fun year. The ball doesn't always bounce your way like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. The world university games. I mean, that, that is, that has got to be fast. We could do a whole nother show on that. And I know you got to go. Okay, one more question. Um, I would love to have you come back on here again, not during baseball season, but like, you know, November, you know, ish. Yeah, that'd you would be great. Do that. It'd be so much fun. Um, we'll just keep talking. Um, 
one more question before you go. Um, what is Hellerball? Um, <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge fan of fundamental baseball. Like I love it when I see teams just play small ball and stuff like that. What's what's Hellerball? <laughs> Hellerball Heller to me uh, would be all the stuff we talked about with with how we go about our business and the culture and the process and um, you know I I I would like to think that's what it means and then on the baseball side just how we go about our business I think we play hard and hard nosed and we hustle and we sprint on and off and all those things um, to me is what it what it represents now to somebody else it might be completely different but it's it's kind of funny kind of funny um, you know seeing that and seeing a hashtag with your name on it but um, (laughs) yeah I love it I'm going to use it I didn't I didn't know no, it was there, and now you get hashtagged all over the place for me too. <laughs> you know, cool. because uh, yeah, I've, yeah, that's that's to me what it means. Because as a as a as a coach and a manager of our team, you know, you don't have the same types of players year in and year out. You know, like last year, I mean, my personal preference is I really enjoy super aggressive offensive baseball and, and then super, super solid defense. And obviously yeah. if you have to have great pitching, that's what wins the games is pitching and defense. And you usually score enough run if, to win if you do those two things. But on the offensive side, um, you know, last year with Jake hitting all those home runs and Robert hitting home runs, I mean, we, we really weren't pushing the issue too much with the base running stuff. And now this year's team going to be just the opposite. So I think you have to really coach to the, to the type of players that you have. And that's what we try to do. But to me, it's, it's all the other stuff that, that is what it represents to me. So there's your book, huh? I'm expecting that book out. (laughs) That's the name of it. (laughs) Oh boy. All right. Well, it has been just a true joy to have you on this, this radio show and, um, good luck to you guys. We're following. We're rooting for you. It's it's all fun, and um, you got some really cool players. And it's just exciting to to see everything continue in the momentum. So it's it's and learn. What I really loved about the show is learning everything. That's um, I just love the high level of operate operating, and how people operate um, at that. You know, it's just a successful level, and the su- the success is defined in different ways. And I think it's fascinating to get some insight into how you operate. And it's, that's cool. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you very much. It was fun and nice to get to know you. And thanks a lot, Elizabeth, for having me on. Yep. And a shout out to your wife. You're awesome to follow on Twitter. Thank you so much. I think she's probably (laughs) listening. She's probably listening (laughs) on her computer at work. So, hey, Rachel. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and being with us. Thank you, Coach Heller, for being with us. Hashtag Hellerball. We're going to use that. Trust me. <laughs> and uh, we've good luck. Go Hawkeyes. And it's just been a true joy to, to touch Iowa here again, here from Maine. And uh, just appreciate it so much. And thank you again for being with us. Oh, thank um, you very much. Yeah, thank Thanks you. And lot. so that was, thank you. Have a great day and a great season. Go Hawks. Um, go that Hawks. was Coach Heller. <laughs> yeah, go Hawks. Uh, that was Coach Heller, the head baseball coach from the University of Iowa. Um, so much about him. Um, if you go to hawkeyesports.com, you can click on baseball, and there is one heck of an awesome bio to read about um, Coach Heller. I got through page one in this interview, just so you know. We talked about page one. There, is so, there are so many fascinating things about him, um, and there's so much to learn. So if you are really into learning about baseball, college baseball, the Hawkeye way, um, Heller ball, all this stuff, 
there is so much to learn and digest here, and I just believe this makes us all better. Uh, whether you play baseball or don't play baseball or whether you take what you've learned here today and apply it to your sport or your occupation or your children or your life or whatever you do, there was there were some really nice um, it, there's a lot of really nice information in here that's that's applicable to life. So again, thank you to Coach Heller. Thank you all so much for listening and sharing. Best ever you is um, on, boy, we're coming up on several several million downloads now, and we just appreciate you sharing our show and really wrapping your arms around each guest that we bring on here and sharing their message out bigger. We appreciate those retweets and those shares on Facebook. And we are also on LinkedIn, um, and we share all of our radio shows there as well. So we really appreciate the love and support. And, again, go Hawkeye Baseball. We love to see all that you guys do, and we'll be following. Thank you so much from everybody here at Best Ever You. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.